0: As a drilled listener, you know how far the oil and gas industry will go to dig up fossil fuels and keep us all hooked on them. And that includes, of course, our longtime obsession with gas stoves. There's half a century of research on gas stoves showing that they're equivalent to living in a house with a secondhand smoker. But try telling that to the millions of people who swear they're superior for cooking. This week, I'm bringing you another great episode from our friends at The Carbon Copy. Hosted by veteran climate reporter Stephen Lacey, The Carbon Copy is a weekly news analysis show that explains the business and tech trends shaping climate solutions. In each episode, Stephen talks to a journalist, executive, or newsmaker about how zero carbon energy is being deployed. He digs into the business and technology stories that explain the rise of clean energy, the challenge to fossil fuels, and how the energy system is transforming in dramatic ways. From America's historic climate bill to mega wind and solar projects to cutting edge advancements in carbon removal, the carbon copy is telling the most compelling stories about how the solutions will play out here's an episode I thought you'd really enjoy all about the war over gas stoves. If you like it, follow the Carbon Copy wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Amy here, and I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast from APM Studios and Western Sounds called Ripple. Such a good idea, this show. In the aftermath of major disasters. There is always a swarm of media attention. The public is captivated by breaking news. There's coverage and controversy. And then the cameras and the public just move on. But the stories are not finished. Ripple is a new series investigating the stories we were told were over. In Season 1, the reporting team traveled hundreds of miles across the Gulf Coast to learn the ongoing effects of the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill, which are still impacting many coastal residents more than a decade later. You can listen now to Ripple wherever you get your podcasts.
1: from the studios of Postscript Media and Canary Media. I imagine the last few weeks have been pretty crazy for you.
2: They have. The last few weeks have been a wild ride. And a lot of people are really hearing about the health and climate impacts for the first time.
1: That's RMI researcher Brady Seals. And a few weeks ago, she co-authored a study on gas stoves that you've likely heard about by now.
0: In a shocking statistic, a reporter's tweet went viral linking childhood asthma cases to gas stoves. But is your stove to blame? Ron Jones verifies.
1: The study exploded outside of the tight circles of public health researchers and people who care about electrification. Suddenly, the link between gas stoves and asthma was on news channels across America.
2: Can 12.7% of childhood asthma cases be tied to that common appliance? A peer-reviewed study published last month found that 12.7% number, and they used data from the American Housing Survey, estimating that gas stoves are used in more than a third of all U.S. homes.
1: And naturally, the topic was put through the wash-rinse-repeat cycle of conservative punditry, with Tucker Carlson leading the outrage.
2: Now, gas stoves have been a staple of American kitchens for more than a century. You may have one in your home. You may have grown up with one. But apparently, and nobody knew this until like a week ago, these stoves are a hidden hazard that we must eliminate. Well, unfortunately for the Washington Post newsroom and the Biden administration, and most of all the Chinese government, not everyone in America was immediately on board with the idea of getting rid of your gas stoves because they're a hidden hazard. I have gotten uh, some hate mail. I've also gotten a lot of um, hate uh, tweets and, and hate uh, messages in my Twitter. One thing, I don't know if the other Brady Seals is getting most of my hate mail because when I took my husband's name, I found out that there's actually a country singer named Brady Seals. And so Brady Seals, at Brady Seals on Twitter, if you are getting that hate mail, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I hope you don't love your gas stove. <laughs>
1: Part of the shock and outrage came after a regulator at the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission said stricter regulation of gas stoves was on the table in reaction to the research. But the really surprising thing was missed on cable television. It was that these findings aren't actually new. They build off decades of public health research, which most people have never even heard of.
2: There's actually over 57 studies uh, going back to the 70s, so 50 years. There's been two meta-analyses on gas cooking and childhood health, one in 1992 and another one in 2013. And nothing has really changed. That was the the shocking thing. You know, you think that stoves might get better, emissions might get better, but each study and each decade of science has really confirmed what the decade before found, which is that there are these links between health. And so when I talked to these these experts in the field from, I mean, top universities, top really well-respected researchers, John Hopkins all over, then I just started thinking, how is there no standards for gas stove. It's like they have a free pass to pollute, and that they have since they've been in our homes, which is, you know, over a hundred years.
1: I guess that the question that our audience is probably naturally asking is the same that you asked, which is why, why don't we know about this? Why was this research just sitting there?
2: Overall, there has been a really robust marketing effort by the gas industry. Cooking with gas, gas.
1: cooking with gas.
2: Gas. We all cook better when we're cooking with gas.
1: The gas industry has paid experts to testify at regulatory hearings, paid influencers to promote the use of gas stoves over electric ones, even made corny music videos hammering the message home.
2: You should have to know the past. Nine out of ten chefs only cook with gas. Why is that, you say? Can I cook my way? The benefits we have to tell will really make you there There has been a really genius marketing campaign by the gas industry to help us fall in love with our gas stoves, help us think it's a superior product, and now you're cooking with gas is a saying that uh, we all use.
1: We are in familiar territory. The gas industry's marketing effort has been used by other industries to cover up harmful effects of their products, from the health impacts of tobacco use to the climate impacts of fossil fuels. But eventually people catch on, and perception shifts, sometimes quickly.
2: I had uh, some <laughs> some of the air quality and health experts calling me and saying, I can't believe this. I've been working on this for decades. And finally, you know, my sister-in-law is calling me because she saw something on the Today Show or I think that the gas stoves has sort of become this wedge issue. But it's also a really exciting opportunity because it's also gas stoves are called a gateway into other appliances. <laughs>
1: This is The Carbon Copy, I'm Stephen Lacey. This week, beyond the outrage cycle and into the data. What does 50 years of research tell us about the impact of gas stoves? And how might the latest findings influence the policy push to get gas out of buildings? The carbon copy is supported by Fishtank PR, a public relations, strategic messaging, thought leadership, and social media agency dedicated to elevating the work of early stage and established companies that are taking on some of the most pressing climate and energy challenges of our time. From making sure your next announcement is heard to helping find relevant industry events to tell your story, Fishtank PR is here to help you. To learn more about Fish Tank's approach to clean tech and their services, visit fishtankpr.com. That's F I S C H P R.com. We'll link to it in the show notes. So tell me about the origins of your focus on gas stoves specifically. Like, how did this question about indoor air quality and human health and gas stoves start to come up for you?
2: So RMI is focused on the energy transition. How do we get rid of fossil fuels and start using renewables across any sector that uses energy, which is a lot. So I happen to be in our buildings program and we were looking at things like heat pumps and furnaces and how do we how do we really move off of fossil fuels? But an interesting thing started happening. Uh, We started talking to public health experts and air quality experts who said, you know, the gas stove has this outsized health impact. There's been years of studies with very little action on how gas stoves are linked to poor health. And the more we talk to researchers, the more we talk to health and air quality experts, we realized that there was this... Huge trove of research, um, but it hadn't really been condensed and put out there into the public realm.
1: So specifically, what are the findings that you released in this latest report?
2: There are these things called meta-analyses. So these look at all the studies that have come before them, and they summarize the data of all these individual studies. And so the last meta-analysis we have from 2013... They looked at the 41 studies that came before and they said, based on all these results, we conclude that children living in a home with a gas stove have a 42% increased risk of having asthma. So the latest study is very straightforward. We partnered with two epidemiologists and we used a common tool in which we looked at this relative risk, this 42%, and we said, okay, let's apply this to US census data and we know how many homes with children cook with gas in the US. It's about 43%. Um, And so we just applied this increased risk and it shows the strength of their relationship. And we found that 12.7% of childhood asthma could be attributed to gas stove use. But in some states, it was much higher because, for example, in Illinois, 80% of households with children cook with gas. And so in that state, it was about 21%, similar in California and New York. So this is very much a a state-specific piece. And and the the difference in the numbers is totally related to how many households with children cook with gas.
1: Now, some people might hear 12.7% and say, okay, that seems like a lot, but what do I compare that to? And you compare it to secondhand smoke exposure. So that would be like the number of kids at risk of asthma due to secondhand smoke exposure. Is that right?
2: Exactly. This was the surprising thing, and this was the putting into context that we were looking for. So the population attributable fraction, which is what we calculated, has been done for lots of different exposures and outcomes. So when we looked at, okay, who else has calculated this PAF, population attributable fraction, for other factors? We found that for childhood asthma, it was very similar to exposure to secondhand secondhand smoke.
1: So let's talk about the pollutants that get released by gas stoves. Um, So they emit NO2, benzene, PM2.5. Walk me through each of these and why, how much is emitted and why they're hazardous to human health.
2: Yes, gas stoves emit a mixture of pollutants um, while they're on, but more research is increasingly showing that they can actually be releasing pollutants even while they're off, uh, leaking pollutants like the benzene you mentioned um, alongside methane leaks. So a couple pollutants of concern. Nitrogen dioxide is an invisible gas. It's a known respiratory irritant. And this is the pollutant that the EPA says exposure in the short term causes um, asthma attacks, exasperates asthma attacks. Then there's fine particulate matter, PM2.5, which refers to the size. Uh, so these are particles which, you know, some cooking and even if you are burning your toast in a toaster will release PM2.5. So some of this is unavoidable because um, of the cooking process. But we've seen from studies that gas flames themselves produce two times the amount of particulate matter. And these are harmful because they can penetrate deep into the lungs. They're so tiny and they can actually even get into the bloodstream. So PM2.5 is a health-harming pollutant. Uh, Then there's carbon monoxide. Many of us hear about carbon monoxide when it comes to um, terrible disasters and tragedies because it can be deadly in high doses. And all of these are happening because of incomplete combustion, burning the fossil fuel inside the home. Um, Some homes have higher carbon monoxide levels than, than others. So those are the few that I would have mentioned because we have the most data on them. There are also formaldehyde, uh, which seems to be more of a problem with simmering, but there's less studies. And then some of the new research, which is looking at, they actually found there's about 200 different chemicals that are present in gas. 21 of those are air toxins like benzene, which is a known carcinogen with no safe exposure limit. Um, And so we know that gas stoves leak about 1% of the methane even while they're off. So the question is, are they also leaking and releasing other pollutants even while we're not cooking?
1: So the EPA doesn't regulate indoor air quality and some of these gas stoves can produce NO2 levels that would be illegal outdoor. So why doesn't the EPA actually uh, regulate indoor air quality?
2: Isn't this wild? This, to me, is the biggest black hole. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And if you go to the EPA website, they say our indoor spaces can be two to five and as high as 100 times more polluted than outdoors. The outdoor one-hour standard for nitrogen dioxide is 100 parts per billion. But we know from studies that baking a cake, for example, in a gas oven will will. Give you a reading of 230 parts per billion. And some recent researchers have been found that in just a couple minutes of turning the stove on, less than five minutes, um, they're reaching levels of 100 parts per billion. And I will say that the World Health Organization in 2021, um, they revised their air quality guidelines for indoor and outdoor spaces. And for nitrogen dioxide, they found that a safe 24-hour exposure level is 13 parts per billion. So clearly, the gas stove is a source in our home, And it can be a primary source of some of this pollution. Uh, So I really do think that with this attention on indoor air from COVID, from lots of other reasons, it's time for EPA to revisit setting indoor air quality guidelines.
1: So one of the things that confuses me about this debate, when Tucker Carlson gets on TV and says, they're coming to take your stoves, you better hang on to your gas stove, is that when you actually look at household data, Uh, The most common type of stove is an electric stove, and it's primarily in the middle of the country. So the actual adoption of electric stoves doesn't correlate to the culture war that people are trying to whip up uh, on cable news.
2: Absolutely. This is so fascinating. Much of the South and especially the Southeast is already electrified. And we see that across the country, one in four homes is already all electric. Um, And I've seen this too. And in our study, We looked at Florida, for example, and we found that only 9% of households with children in Florida cook with gas. And so I think we're seeing a lot of the messaging coming from Florida, but it doesn't necessarily correlate with uh, the lived experience of of many Floridians, for example, who most of them have electric stoves. And this is so fascinating because, um, you know, in some cases, a lot of the Where there are gas stoves, it followed where there was gas lighting. Um, And so we see in New York, California, Illinois, really high levels of households cooking with gas. So in Illinois, we found 80% of households with children cook with gas. In California, it was 74%. So these really are often the blue states uh, where we have the highest penetration of gas use.
1: We're going to take a quick break here. And after we come back, we're going to ask, how do we get America disconnected from gas stoves? And will this research unlock a new wave of regulation and action? The carbon copy is supported by Fish Tank PR, a public relations, strategic messaging, thought leadership, and social media agency dedicated to elevating the work of early stage and established companies that are solving some of the most pressing climate and energy challenges of our time. Fish Tank's approach to working with clients is focused on leveraging deep industry and media expertise and relationships to craft compelling narratives that resonate with journalists as well as investors, customers, and talent recruitment. You can think of Fish Tank as an extension of your own team, from making sure your news is heard to helping find events where you can tell your story, Fishtank PR is here to help you. They help translate complex ideas and technologies into tangible, compelling content that resonates with your target audiences so you can stay focused on bringing technology at scale to market. To learn more about Fishtank's approach to clean tech and their services, visit fishtankpr.com. That's F-I-S-C-H tankpr.com and you can find the link in the show notes. So shortly after you published this paper, Richard Trumka, a commissioner at the Consumer Product Safety Commission, said that any option was on the table when it came to regulating gas stoves. He was asked about this in an interview with Bloomberg, and he said that anything is possible at this point. I have kids, um, you know, I'm concerned about this. We would even consider a ban, and that of course ignited this wave of backlash and vitriol on cable news and in congressional politics. Um, Tell me about those comments and what they did to ignite this debate?
2: Well, technically, gas stoves are a consumer product, so it falls under the Consumer Product Safety Commission, or CPSC, to do something about them. And there actually are documentations going back uh, to the mid-80s that the CPSC and the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, we're worried about the health impacts of gas stoves and we're raising the alarm bells um, about some of these studies about nitrogen dioxide, yet nothing happened at all, from the most basic. So gas stoves, uh, some of the things that the CPSC could do is put warning labels on gas stoves. They could launch educational campaigns. A lot of people don't know about this. They could set, and this is something that I feel like is very basic, mandatory performance standards. Uh, We should be knowing that the emission levels, pollution levels from these stoves, they should be meeting a health-based standard.
1: And of course, this comes during a major local regulatory push to maybe ban new gas connections in new construction, uh, to regulate only zero carbon energy on a new construction. Um, and and I think these you know this momentum is picking up in cities around the country. So, what are the implications for this research on future regulations of gas and buildings? Do you expect this to push that momentum forward?
2: I'm really glad you brought this up. Um, Already, we're living in a moment where almost 100 cities and communities have passed all electric required or all electric preferred bills. And we estimate that 31 million people are living in communities where this kind of new construction policies uh, are on the books. But there's one thing that happens often which is that gas stoves are exempted. So you could still build a home, a building with a gas stove, although you wouldn't be able to put in a gas furnace or or a water heater. And the issue with that is that we'll still be putting in costly, climate-damaging pipelines to feed just the gas stove, which is a much smaller energy user than some of the other ones. And so for me, I think that and I hope that this research can get folded into the bigger piece of gas stoves have an outsized health impact because they're the appliance in our home that's not universally required to be vented outdoors. And there's a real health rationale to make sure that stoves are included. So I think, it's, I think this research and this moment are going to make it harder to exempt or forget about the gas stove.
1: So as many of our listeners will remember from our electrician shortage episode, I've been working for the last year and change to electrify my house, bought an old bed and breakfast that needed to be um, renovated. And we rewired the house, we put in heat pumps, we've dramatically slashed our, our gas heating, put in an electric dryer, and now we're looking to renovate the kitchen and put in an electric uh, cooktop, an electric stove, an electric water heater. But before we do any of that additional work, we need a main service upgrade. And so we're talking about a much bigger investment before we actually swap out those appliances. And so we're sitting here with gas in our kitchen still. And I have a three-year-old daughter and, you know, She likes to come into the kitchen when I'm cooking. And so this research is really worrisome. And so if someone like me is out there who's still cooking with gas, who understands these risks, how do I mitigate those risks?
2: This is a great question. Um, And there are things that you can do starting today. So you can reduce your exposure, mitigate the risk in a couple ways. One, if you have a range hood, which some of us don't, but if you do, uh, you can use it every time you cook. And actually cooking on the back burners is where it's most effective. So that's the first place. If you don't have any kind of ventilation over your stove, you can open a window. Researchers from Yale told me even opening up a window for five minutes can help disperse some of those pollutants. Um, Then the next step is to displace some of your gas cooking. So I have a friend with a gas stove and and a little baby, um, and they've actually displaced 80% of their cooking from the gas stove by using a toaster oven, Instant Pot, electric kettle. So it's not the perfect solution, but it's something you can you can definitely do to try to turn on your gas stove uh, less. And then the next one where you can really displace a good amount of cooking is to buy an induction stove plug-in, a one or two burner. I've seen some creative pieces where people will put sheet pans or um, butcher blocks over their gas stove, plug-in, their induction stove at the top. And now with the Inflation Reduction Act, people can get up to $840 um, to get a new electric stove. So hopefully that can help as well. But I think the you know the risk is really real. And I, I feel for parents and caregivers who are hearing about this um, for the first time, but know there are these couple of stages of things that you can do to help reduce your risk until you can eliminate it by removing the source.
1: Yeah. So when this blew up, it was framed as a culture war. Do you think the science got lost as it the debate unfolded in the press?
2: I do feel like the science got lost a little bit because there was one huge misunderstanding, which was that no one was ever going to come for anybody's gas stove. Anything that would happen from the CPSC would relate to new stoves, new regulations, new protections on new stoves. So I think this this sort of fear that people were going to come into your house or Joe Biden was going to come into your house and take the gas stove was just totally blown out of proportion. Uh, People were taping themselves to their gas stoves on Twitter and leaving all their their burners firing, which is what we're trying to uh, help educate people about the pollutants that are emitted when gas stoves are, are released. And so I fear that that was lost a little bit. But what gives me a lot of hope is that I don't think that that's the majority of people.
1: Brady Seals is a manager for Carbon Free Buildings at RMI. Brady, thank you so much.
2: Thanks for having me. This was fun.
1: That's all for the show. The Carbon Copy is a co-production of PostScript Media and Canary Media. As a reminder, you can get uh, both of our newsletters. So sign up for our newsletter at postscriptmedia.com and you'll get all our episodes there on a weekly basis. And then if you sign up for Canary Media's newsletter, you'll get daily coverage of all their stories from their journalists and they've got a bunch of great stuff about the clean energy economy. This episode was produced by Alexandria Hur. Sean Marquand is our engineer. He also wrote our theme song. Original music came from Echo Finch and Blue Dot Sessions. Postscript Media supported by Prelude Ventures. Prelude is a venture capital firm that partners with entrepreneurs to address climate change across so many sectors. Advanced energy, food and ag, transportation, logistics, advanced materials, manufacturing, and advanced computing, basically the entire global economy. Give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. It's so helpful. We ask it every time. It feels repetitive, doesn't it? But it's super helpful. We wouldn't ask you if it didn't mean something. Send us your thoughts on social media as well. And we're so grateful for your support and listenership. I'm Stephen Lacey. This is The Carbon Copy. We'll catch you next week.